Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very warm welcome back to the Arabic in 60 Steps YouTube channel. I'm your Arabic teacher Sam if you've not been here before. Nice to meet you guys. So in this video we're going to talk about a really beautiful little bait, little couplet of Arabic poetry from a beautiful poem called Al-Lughatul Arabiyya, uh, literally the Arabic language, by a poem called by a poet called Hafiz Ibrahim. So before we actually get into the couplet, because there's just some beautiful stuff for us to go into in the actual Arabic, I have a couple of announcements. It's not uncommon for us to do that because obviously primarily we run the Arabic in 60 Steps program and this content's bonus stuff. So firstly, um, we only have six spaces left on the Arabic in 60 Steps program, probably ever definitely ever in the format that we have it now. So the amount of support that students get now is pretty overwhelming for me. Um, and I don't know if we can afford to continue like that, but we are going to for another six people. We only have six books left in storage. I checked with um, I checked with my fulfillment company today how many books we have left in storage and there's only six of them. So once those are gone, we're gonna kind of rethink about how we deliver the program. So if you join within the next, well, I mean, I don't know, they might all go today, I don't know. But um, if you're one of those six people, you'll be among the people who literally get a WhatsApp number that I check every single day. That's a level of support that can't go to everyone, you know, so, um, so there's huge rewards for joining and, and being one of those six. I'd like to congratulate students who have joined recently. So we have um, we have Farouk, we have um, Amara, we have Dylan, we have Hafsa, we have Zoe, we have Kershev, brother from Glasgow, um, and we have Eamon and Rauf. Those, those guys have joined recently, so a huge congratulations to you guys for joining the program and a very, very warm welcome. I've checked in with all of you individually, so um, you all know that I welcomed you, but I'd like to announce your names on the channel as well. So thank you so much for your support and for being part of it. Next thing is for the from now until the end of this month, we're going to have daily content. Um, I wasn't even planning on doing something today, but I thought, nah, nah, let's make it daily. So um, I put together this little lesson for you guys. So what are we doing? So tomorrow we have an interview with um, our sister Amina, the sister who I'm partnering with to do an Arabic calligraphy course for students on the Arabic in 60 Steps program. So I'm gonna welcome her onto the channel tomorrow. It's gonna be on the podcast as well. It's primarily recorded as a podcast episode. She doesn't wanna show her face and stuff, obvious reasons. And um, yeah, so we're gonna record that tomorrow. Um, that'll be available, no sorry, not tomorrow, that'll be available on Sunday. I'll do another surprise for you tomorrow. And then Monday to Friday, we're gonna carry on with the Ahlauddin series. So we'll have episode 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, Monday to Friday. And during those episodes, we're gonna have some giveaways. On Monday, we're gonna give this book away. Um, this is uh, Chambers Arabic Vocabulary, really popular. I've recommended it on the YouTube channel before and the price shot up on Amazon because so many people went and bought it. So, but I've got a copy that I didn't pay 498 pounds for. Um, yes, yeah, so we're gonna give that book away. Uh, obviously I can ship it worldwide. Um, and then on Friday, we're gonna give this book away, um, Arabic Visual Dictionary as well. So if you wanna get your hands on those, please turn up for the videos, especially on Monday and Friday because we're gonna do giveaways of those. Our sister Amina, who's the calligraphy teacher, she's going to do some, she, well, she's actually already, she's finished them actually. They're some beautiful calligraphy works. We have two Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim ones. We have a Kun Fayakun one, and we also have a Nurun ala Nur, um, work of Arabic calligraphy as well. And we'll give away a few of those on the channel. To be honest, I'm eyeing up one of them and I want to keep one of them for myself, but uh, we might give them all away. Um, yeah, I'm not, not, not too sure how we'll do the giveaways for those yet. We might just do those giveaways for students who join. The Arabic in 60 Steps program. So another little incentive for you guys to get stuck in if you've been considering it. So uh, that's it for announcements. Um, so without further ado, let me read this first little bait of Arabic poetry for you. So it is as follows. So who is this poet? Who is this poet who has written this? So he's perhaps 
one of the best known poets in the Arab world and definitely in Egypt. So much so that he even has the laqab of Sha'ir on Nil, um, the, the Sha'ir, obviously the poet of Nil of the Nile. Um, he's from a, he's from a, I don't know if it's a city or a town, it doesn't look especially big when I've seen it on the maps, but it's called Deirut. Uh, sounds like Beirut, uh, but it's not spelled with a T, it has a T on the end. Beirut. Um, and it's on the, it's on the, is it on the west or the, on the west bank of the Nile as well. Perhaps that's why it's called Sher Nil. But that's his laqab, that's his kind of, that's his title, that's his, that's his poet's nickname. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where he's from. His name is Hafiz Ibrahim. And he's born in, what, 18, 1872, I think it is? Yeah, 1872 he's born. And, um, and this poem, the Arabic language, it's written in an, in an environment of like, that there's tons of Arab nationalism going on at that time, right? For the past like 200 years, there's all kinds of Arab nationalism going on, all kinds of thoughts of, obviously, there, obviously there's colonialism going on in those, in those times as well. There's conflict with the Suez Canal um, going on in Egypt later than that, but, but in the same sort of era. And, and at the time, there's kind of a, a pushback against the use of fusha in Egypt, right? There's, there's some people who want to, who want to take like the Egyptian dialect, the Amiya, and, and have that as more of a formal language for the country. And um, people of standing, people, scholars of the Arabic language and scholars of Islam, obviously, they have a, um, a rejection of this idea. And this, this poem is a, is a presentation of that. This poem in its entirety is a presentation of, of the virtues of having fusha, of having standard Arabic language as the language of your state and for education and stuff as well. So what else is there? So he died exactly 60 years later. So I think that puts us in like 1932 when he would have died. So lived for exactly 60 years. I'm not sure what part of his life he wrote this poem. I'm not sure. But um, let's actually talk about the Arabic language in it. So it begins, It's quite nice. Students in step one of the Arabic in 60 steps program probably get that, right? It's a nice, simple, an ocean. Okay, and the mismatch between the, the definiteness of the, the, the pronoun I and the Baharun creates a I am a Bahar, right? This is kind of speaking from the from the voice of the Arabic language, right? It's the Arabic language is it's the Arabic language which is speaking. So I am a Bahar, I am an ocean. In its Ahsha. So the Ahsha. I'm going to call it the depths, right? But by the term ahsha, it can mean the bowels or the guts of something, but that isn't, that isn't the meaning he's trying to conjure. It's, it's, deliberately, it's deliberately a metaphor of the ocean, right? So I am an ocean. I am an ocean in its depths, right? And we have fi ahsha ihi. It's not iha, so we know that the word bahar is a masculine word as well, right? So in its depths, I am an ocean in its depths is a durru, not a dur. Dur with a dad means like harm, right? A durru. That's a hard word to translate, right? Like if you were to look it up in a dictionary out of context, it would say things like mythology or something like that, right? But but for this context, it's, it's really talking, or, or actually in translations of it with the context, it gets translated to things like pearls, right? Lutlu is pearls, right? Adurru isn't pearls or gems or diamonds or anything. It means sort of um, like undiscovered bounty. There's an idea of that it's undiscovered, right? It's kind of mysterious, but it's, it's I understand why they translate it as diamonds because in like an English poetry context, we would, we would talk about gems or diamonds or something or treasures or something like that. Maybe treasures might be, might be an okay translation for it, I guess, because 
um, treasures with the ocean, or even pearls with the ocean works okay. But it's adurru kaminun. So some of you who know Aramiya maybe know the term kaman. You know, Arabs in Aramiya use the term kaman. And to be honest, it may even be deliberate that, that because the term kaman would have been used in Egyptian in Egyptian dialects, even when he was writing, right? So th- there's there's loads of this wordplay. There's one that's so beautiful at the end of this bait that I'll, I'll talk a little bit about when we get to it. But the verb, the, the word kamen, it means undiscovered or laying in wait. There is a verb kamena, meaning to, to, yeah, to lay in wait, really, or to an- anticipate something. But in this poem, it's saying, Hafid al-Barahim is saying, I am an ocean. In the depths of it are, are undiscovered undiscovered bounty laying in wait that, that's that's what it really means it's things that you that things that haven't been discovered about the arabic language you know sometimes when we ponder over the arabic language we discover things that that haven't even been written about before you know things that are by co- complete coincidence sometimes we find these these beauties in the arabic language one among many that i've talked about on, on this channel and you know you know there, there are there are literally millions but one really quick that i can give you is that is that sometimes you'll have two arabic verbs and the movement in your mouth will be in so so the movement in your mouth for the particular verb, right? Will also have the opposite movement in your mouth for the opposite verb meaning. So I'll give you an example, okay? So we have the verb khotema, meaning to seal or to close to close something. Khotema, right? Starts at the back, khote in the middle, and me at the front. Khotema. The opposite meaning of that, feteha. Meaning to open starts with a f at the beginning, t a little bit further back, and ha at the back. So khotema meaning to close, fetaha meaning to open. Like this is just an example of the of the gems in the ocean of, of the Arabic language, right? So this first shotr, shotr is a term that we use for um, one of these one of these um, parts of the couplet, right? It's it's quite it's. It's, uh, it's really common in Ara- for Arabic poetry to be written in couplets, right? It's written in columns. They call it kind of column poetry. But in the first one, he's saying, "Ana baharun fi kaminun." So I am an ocean. In in the depths of, in in its depths are undiscovered bounty laying in wait. You know that's that's my personal crude translation of it. Good. What do we have next? Fahel. Fahel, when beginner students look at it, it looks like a kind of funky word because they maybe don't know that it's a joining together of two really simple things that you would have seen. So fa is like saying so, you know. It often translates well to just so, and here I think it does as well. So hel, fahel, so, and then hel is a question word. Um, yeah, it just turns whatever you're going to say after it into a sentence. Fahel se'elu, the verb se'ela means to ask. Literally, when you quote se'ela, it means he asked. But se'elu, so it's saying, and, ha, and and did they ask, or do they ask? Al-ghawasa, al-ghawasa. Well, what it, who is al-ghawasa? Do they ask the ghawasa? So the term ghaws, it means like diving, right? From yeah, the, 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 the verb around diving is from al-ghaws, the, the, the dive, right? But al-ghawas is an individual who does, who is like a professional diver. Right, the same way that when we talked about in the in the Alauddin series, we had a Mustafa al Khayyat. A Khayyat is a tailor, right? That's his job. He's a Khayyat, and in that pattern, Faral is, is exactly what we have here with a Rawas, right? It's a person who's a professional diver, right? It's not someone who just goes on a holiday and goes snorkeling, right? It's, it's, and that's important, right? Because he's saying he's, he's he's going to ask the question of: Are people asking the right people about the Arabic language? 
are they giving authority in the Arabic language to the right people? That's what he's asking, right? So he says, And are they asking the are they asking the the qualified divers about sodafati? Sodafat literally means seashells, right? They're they're shells that you pick up on the beach and stuff and find in the ocean, right? So what, what's, he, what's he referring to when he talks about shells, right? He's not actually talking about shells. He's talking about the kind of the adurru, um, right, that we talked about earlier, right? The, the kind of the, the bounty in the ocean of the Arabic language. <laughs> but there's even something so beautiful in this, right, that the, that's a coincidence, right? I talked to you about like how it's a coincidence in the Arabic language that fetaha has the opposite movement to khotema. Right. And often, you know, a lot of these um, they are things that are we discover them by coincidence sometimes how how much how much beauty there is in the Arabic language. Right. And it's by no coincidence. There's no way that Hafiz Ibrahim is unaware of the fact that Sadafati, as in my shells, shares a root with the word coincidence. The word Mosadafer is a coincidence, right? And it shares the same root, it has the same root letters as shells, right? Because he's arguing in this poem that, that, that the shells, the gems of the Arabic language, are coincidences, right? Or, or, or rather, coincidences are from among the gems of the Arabic language, are among the shells that a professional diver would find in the ocean, right? There's, there's so many layers to this, subhanAllah. Like, it's, it's such a beautiful little bait of Arabic poetry, so... So that is everything that I wanted to share with you, really. Um, I think this is a really brief little video that I just wanted to create for you guys in uh, in our little uh, Arabic poetry corner. That's what we'll call it, because I'm sat in a corner. Um, during the lockdown, the coronavirus recording space has been a bit tricky. So sometimes I just have to sit in a corner and talk about Arabic poetry to you guys. So that's everything for this video. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to become one of the students in the Arabic in 60 Steps program, I'll put a link in the description below if there are still spaces. If you want to be part of it, then please don't dilly-dally. Don't procrastinate and uh, come and jump in, inshallah, and become one of the students. So um, so that's it. See you guys tomorrow for a surprise video. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to put out for you guys yet. If you have any ideas for things you'd like me to do, whether you'd like me to do another bait from this very same poem, I'm very happy to do that as well. Put some suggestions in the comments below and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.